This is Bob Brooks, host of the Prudent Money Radio Show. Just got off the air with Wayne Sanford. Wayne is in the business of helping people with credit card debt and definitely in a situation where there's a consumer lawsuit going on and uh, the debt collector or the creditor was getting very, very aggressive with trying to get paid. There's steps you need to know, things you need, need to do, and uh, Wayne and I talk about it on today's program. Once again, uh, definitely want to take action. I'm getting a lot of emails about, about credit card companies filing lawsuits and that type of thing. Bottom line is you definitely want to take action. For more information, uh, his, his website is waynethecreditguy.com. If you have a question for me, want to talk about anything financially related, there's a couple of ways to do so. Either go and send an email at prudentmoney.com or you can set an a, a, a online 30-minute no-cost consultation time uh, time, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk over the phone and talk a little bit about your situation and see if I can help. This is Bob Brooks. Keep the faith. Alice Fort Worth and KYJC Commerce online at kdkr.org. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what to do when you are being sued over credit card debt? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, debt, I think you would agree, is everywhere. How close to a consumer debt crisis are we? Today, Wayne Sanford, in, uh, a specialist in helping people deal with debt problems, is here to give us some tips. Hey, Wayne, welcome to Prudent Money. How are we doing? Thanks for having me back. You know, Wayne, how would you describe the environment right now for consumer debt? I mean, it seems like people are just maxed out. The system is about as big as is handling as much debt as it can. I mean, what are you seeing? I am seeing uh, reports that are stating that consumer debt obviously is at, uh, coming close to an all-time high. They're starting to go delinquencies on auto loans 30 and 60 days. And it's really like sort of a little bit of a catch-22 where people are sitting on a lot of equity on their home, and they can't actually – I mean, the lucky few can, but majority doesn't seem to be able to access it. But it's not getting any better. Let's just say that. So how do you think it compares to 2007, uh, right before we led up to the financial crisis in 08? Well, when the uh, financial crisis hit, um, there was approximately, I want to say, $3.2 trillion worth of accessible credit that was out there, and lenders and across the board, for obvious reasons, tightened their belt and cut it almost in half. And um, even then, it wasn't as bad as I see it, or at least according to the reports that I'm reading, that it looks like it's currently now. And obviously, that's just due to literally everything being more expensive. Yeah, it's a dangerous combination for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm getting uh, quite a few emails asking me, what do I do if, I get, if I'm getting sued by a credit card company? Let's talk a little bit about the steps that you would take leading up to this situation that actually caused this to happen. We'll start out with a debt that you can't pay. 
you missed that first payment. Talk a little bit about what happens there. Sure. So if we're talking about credit cards, okay, when you get sued, there's let me sorry, let me back up. There's two kind of loans on your credit report. One is an installment account, the other is a revolving account, which is a credit card. A credit card cannot be charged off until it's six months old. That's when, at that point, if that lender wanted to, they could sue you. They can't do anything other than constantly call you, damage your credit, trying to figure out payment arrangements. And what I always tell everyone is anytime they say, hey, well, we've got a plan that can help you, it's really helping them, not so much you. But they don't tell you that part, you know. <laughs> right, sure. So with an installment account, that's a car loan, that's a student loan in that sort of capacity. That is actually charged off after 120 days or four months. So in the state of Texas, when you go delinquent on a debt, that lender has got four years from the charge-off date until they can sue you for it. Four years in one day, they can't do anything other than keep it on your credit report. And unfortunately, it's not like it is in, in TV where if you're getting sued, somebody doesn't walk up to you and say, are you Mary Johnson? Yes, hand her some paperwork and says it's been served. That is the movies, unfortunately. Well, since you're probably during that 120-day period, you're in in-house collections within the credit card company, I think people need to know that the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which is probably one of the, the best pieces of legis consumer legislation it's gone. This that's come out of uh, Congress. Now it's back. I think in the seventies. That doesn't do anything to help anybody out. I mean, they they can go they can uh, go full blast and be as abusive as they want to be. And if, uh, yeah, so, if, talk a little bit about that. Sure. So, if a lender now we're talking the original creditor, such as your bank. Yes. The Fair Debt Collection Practice Act does not apply to them because they are the original creditor. So if they chose to, they don't do this, but some of them seemingly come close, it seems. But if they wanted to call you 10 times a day, they could, and there would literally be nothing you can do about it other than you know create a social media storm at some point. Um, but they're allowed to constantly call, and again, that increases your level of stress, things that you normally would be able to sense maybe not benefit you as much all of a sudden you kind of get bullied to a certain degree because at the end of the day, as far as I'm aware, nobody gets credit with the intention of not paying it. It's just <laughs> life happens. I mean, there are that selective few, don't get me wrong. Sure. <laughs> but most people usually get credit and plan on paying it unless, you know, like I said, like a life experience or something happens. Um, one of the things that you need to know, at least at least jumping ahead a little bit, so if you've been sued, there is no jail for someone who doesn't pay their bills. So breathe deep on that one. You do get a lot of these slimeball debt collectors, and these are with the collection companies, not with the original creditors. If an account's charged off, they try to bully you, say, we're going to do this, say, we're going to do that. So there are specific laws, which is what you were referring to with the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act, that allow them to sort of, or should I say, keep them in check. That's probably maybe the better way to phrase it. Well, you know, things of like they can't call you before 8 in the morning. They can't call you after 9 o'clock at night. They can't call you on a holiday. You know, if you, you, go ahead. I'm sorry, Wayne. I was going to say, if you tell them to stop calling you, technically they're supposed to follow those instructions. However, a lot of them, unless you send a certified letter requesting what's called a cease and desist, they're going to constantly harass you because there's nothing in writing, and they're certainly not going to give you the recorded call where you told them that. 
You know, I remember talking about in-house collections. I remember a, a story this guy told me, <clears throat> excuse me, that he was, uh, had, had, a, had a delinquent account to one of the bigger banks in, in uh, the, the country. And since his name was, a, he was a signature on another account, same bank, the bank actually went into that account and pulled out the money that he owed. Is yeah. that is that something they can literally that they can do like that? I have heard with credit unions they can take money from another account of yours. I've heard stories of that happening. With most banks they don't because most banks are compartmentalized. Now, if you were sued and this is going for people that have let's say maybe your mom and dad on your account, your spouse is on your account, let's pretend that we have Bob and Mary. Mary gets sued, and they each have their own accounts, but they also have a joint account where maybe they pay most of their bills from. If the courts, if the creditors got a court order, which is uh, in essence really hiring a um, and a separate attorney to go in and then try to collect the funds, even if let's say that was all Bob's money and Mary just put in a tiny bit, anything that's got her name attached to it, they can take it. That's kind of the scary part that I mentioned one time before that I'm starting to see see a little bit more. It's something called the receivership being filed by the court. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that we would definitely want to warn people is that uh, debt collectors are getting a lot more aggressive. And I think it's a good illustration for what's really going on with the with consumer debt right now. My personal opinion, and I've been doing this for about 19 years, is I unfortunately foresee a lot of these um, lawsuits happening more and more because they're going to just try to get a – they're going to file a lawsuit. Most people are not going to show up, which is about 95%, so they're going to get what's called the default judgment, meaning you didn't show up. So the judge only was able to listen to the one side that said, yes, they owe us money. And now that judgment stays on, think of it almost like your public record of sorts where you can't buy any real property. You can still get a, house, uh, you can still get a car. Sorry, you can get a credit card, but you can't purchase a house. If you have a house, you can't refinance it without them getting paid. And with all the talk, I mean, you have talk of we're going into a recession. Oh, we're barely averting a recession. Whichever direction we go, at the end of the day, if they have a lawsuit – uh, leveraged against you. If you want to move forward in life, you have to get them paid first. That's one of the reasons why I think I'm starting to see this more and more. You know, it's interesting. Uh, what most people don't understand is who actually owns the debt. And you know, talk about the step where the credit card company decides they don't want to collect anymore. Now they're gonna they're going to get a third party debt collector involved. Talk about this step and what happens now. Sure. I mean, I personally think that the banks are making extremely dumb maneuvers because what happens is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau did a study and it said that when a bank charges off a debt and they sell it to a debt buyer, such as the big three are Portfolio Recovery, Midland Credit Management, and then LVNV Funding, those are the big three that you typically hear, they actually buy the debt for two to four cents on the dollar. Now, obviously, they're buying million, millions of dollars worth of portfolios, but that's ultimately what they're paying. They expect 90%, 95% of the people not to pay, so they're going to make their money by 
telling the five percent that do want to get paid would do that sorry that do want to pay them because they're moving forward in life in whatever capacity and this is sort of an obstacle they're stopping them and saying even though we bought this ten thousand dollar debt for a hundred dollars you owe us ten thousand dollars we'll give you a discount you can pay us eight that's yeah, you, literally how they how they act you know it's it's interesting because uh, at what point does a you know a bank gets a third party debt collector that at some point maybe the the uh, third party debt collector doesn't work out is not being able to cl- uh, to uh, get the debt paid back what point do they just they does it say make sense to give them such a to sell it to a debt buyer what they the banks have an option where they can uh, when they charge off the debt, a lot of people, and I just talked to a lady today, a customer now, that actually was under the impression that once the banks charge off the debt, you don't owe the money anymore. And that's actually not true. It's an accounting term for the benefit of the banks. They can now use that charged off debt to offset the profits um, if they want to lower the ability to pay less taxes. So that's what they have the ability. And, of course, you know, any anyone – can see what happens over the course of the years. All they do is just increase the interest rate on us, and that's just how they get back at all of us, so to speak. Um, they, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit there for you. I was thinking of something else to tell you. Um, they're going to, I mean, they increased that. Um, what I never understood is let's just say you had a, an account that you owed $10,000 and the account was charged off and the bank reaches out or sends a letter to you to say, hey, we were going to sell this to a debt buyer, but if you want to pay it, we can give you a 90% discount. The banks would literally be able to make 10 times the amount of money that they are selling it to a debt buyer, but it's just never done for some reason. I wish that was done because I'm sure a lot of people would try to figure out a way. I mean, not everyone, of course, but good majority. that's a pretty darn good deal. <laughs> that's, that's a very good deal. That, and I never really thought about that. It just doesn't make much sense. You know, the other thing, too, that I, that I don't think that people realize, and, and uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, that as a consumer, if they charge off that debt, you now owe that, that taxes on that debt. Isn't that, isn't that the case? Well, if the original creditor writes off the debt in 1099s, you, you do. So that doesn't always so happen. Doesn't always happen, yes. So what will happen is, like I said, if they charge off, in, in our example, that $10,000, they can use that to offset profits. If they decide to liquidate it, so to speak, and officially charge it off, they'll 1099 you. So you'll get a 1099 for the $10,000, let's say, that you didn't pay. And then you have to provide that to the IRS because they're sending a copy to the IRS because the IRS considers that undeclared income. This is Bob that Brooks. Is when you officially no longer owe anyone any money. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Wayne Sanford is my special guest today. We're talking a little bit about credit and what steps that you take when you get sued. Starting to see a lot of activity going on with credit card debt. I want to make sure that you're up the curve on it. Let's take a couple steps back, Wayne, and talk a little bit about that what you know, we talked a little bit about uh, what a debt collector can do and what a debt, debt collector cannot do, and I think that you know, and I've talked to some people before. I know that you have been in the situation as well, where they'll give they'll give me a call, give you a call, and they'll say, "Man, you know, they're they're sending the police over to arrest me, or they're going to take my house." They're, they said that this is going to happen. 
probably about 99.9% of the threats that they say are going to happen can't happen. I would agree. One of the things that people, whenever you hear from a debt collector, especially if someone's going to be pretty nasty, and what they usually do is they've been actually trained from a psychological standpoint, a little psychology class, to be nice in the beginning, get you comfortable, and then all of a sudden just get super nasty and quick with you, and that's just the way to disarm you, scare you, and get you to pay. I had a long time ago a lady that was going to work for us, actually worked for a debt collection company, sweet older woman, and she actually said to them, well, what happens if they can't pay and they don't have the money? And the the manager literally said to her, either your family eats or their family eats. <laughs> I mean, that oh, I was just disgusted by that comment. But what a surprise that that's the mentality in that industry. You know, one of the things that's worth noting is that uh, all of a sudden, if you have a debt that goes into collections, you have all these mystery fees that come up on top of it. So chances are the debt that you owe, you probably don't owe. And in a situation like that, Wayne, they don't really have anything to back up those fees, do they? A lot of times, the, the bigger ones usually do have the most of the data. Okay, when you get the those three big ones that I mentioned, a lot of times they do, but then a lot of times they don't. You know, once again, when you're buying million dollars worth of portfolios from the original banks and data gets transferred over, a lot gets corrupted. They don't have the proof. But one of the first things I think probably to mention is if you ever got sued and you got something from the courthouse saying you've been sued, take a deep breath. There is no debtor's prison. You're still going to survive. That's, that's one of the first things I want to tell people just to calm down. Now, if you didn't get that from the court, but all of a sudden you get a solicitation in the mail from an attorney saying, hey, we found out that a lawsuit was filed against you. Hey, we can represent you. And that's one way to find out, then find out the county where this occurred, and then find out if that's correct or not. That would want to be, that's almost one of the first things I want to say, knowledge is power, find that out first. Now, when you're sued, you can still settle the debt. And I know I'm deviating just a little bit, Bob. It's okay, go ahead. Um, you, you can still settle on a debt. I help clients with that all the time, and I just tell them, look, I know it's scary because it's happening to you, but deep breath. It's not as big of a deal as you're making it seem. Yes, I know I'm saying that because it's not me, but take a deep breath and let's focus and let me take you through this step-by-step so you understand what happens and what options are available. So the first thing you want to do is really just calm down because your mind is going to go in all sorts of crazy directions. Now, if you get that combination and they're calling you, if they tell you that they're suing you, the collectors that call aren't the ones that have that ability to do that. So odds are they're lying. Yeah, and that's a violation I've of the Fair Debt Act, too, isn't it? Fantastic. A huge violation of state as well as federal law. But on top of that, at the end of the day, unless you're recording the conversation, they're certainly not going to provide you the documentation, or should I say the recorded phone call. Now, Texas is a one-party law. If you happen to be on a hard line and you have the ability to record that call, you can do that. I've even seen some debt collectors that were dumb enough to say this <laughs> and leave a voice message. Yeah, I know. I've heard <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, that's but always amazed me is as if there's not anything there to, to, to protect the consumer, but it's not true. No, there's actually a lot. Like, you know, like, it's, like you said, too, that they can't threaten you in any manner. You know, I've had people that were told 
that they, you know, the car, their car got repoed and they owed a difference or the car was damaged, that they're going to call the police for a theft of a vehicle. And that's not a crime when you signed a contract. That's contract law. You know, that's one of those the cops would say, get out of my face, go take them to court if that's what you want. So there's so many, just understand that when a debt collector calls you, they have been trained to use every psychological tool that they've learned to try to get you to pay. That is their only job. They make a commission on whether it's individual accounts or as how much they collected for the end of the month, or should I say for that month. Just understand their only sole purpose is to get money from you. And unfortunately, the way today's working out, the electric bill, let alone the food, there's priorities that you have to make. Well, and let me ask you this question, and I've really never thought about this, but uh, in a situation where you have the debt, you've got the debt collector, the debt collector is filing a lawsuit against you, isn't it in their best interest just to not have to go through with that whole process and get something paid back and maybe enough to, to settle that debt? You would think that makes more sense. I mean, when I've talked to some of them on behalf, once again, the ones that you're talking to have zero power. If you talk to that debt collector and you say, guys, I did the research, I know that you only paid $20 for this $1,000 account, I'll give you 100 bucks. This way you can five times your money. They just don't do that. Everything is system generated. They're only allowed a certain amount of commission, I mean, sorry, a certain amount of discount, especially if they just got the account. So if they just got the account and it's a $1,000 you owe, they'll say the best we can do is $900, maybe 800 if you're lucky. A year from now, they could probably do 700 But they're based, they have no power. They just, they're looking at a computer screen, and this is what the computer screen is letting them do. Yeah, real quick, let's talk, let's cover this one date, uh, the statute of limitations period in Texas. You mentioned it a while ago. That's a very important time period to know because it's within that time period that they can that they can actually file a lawsuit against you and and have it stand. Talk a little bit about uh, what what all that means. And, uh, and the the question I've got for you is: there any possibilities, any strategies that you can employ to maybe get yourself beyond that period of time? When the account gets charged off, the original creditor has two options. They can keep collecting on the money and, you know, reporting to their credit like they usually do, or they could turn around and sell it to a debt buyer and just wash their hands, you know, like we talked about, take a couple of dollars, wash their hands of it, take the tax break, and do everything that they need to do on the accounting back end. Once the new debt buyer has the account, they have the ability to either A, sue you, or put the collection on your credit and begin collection activities. So those are really those two options. Like I said, in Texas, it's four years from the charge-off date. If they mess up and the charge-off date was four years and two days ago and you just got served, you can easily respond to the court, point out the statute of limitations. Sometimes the judge will dismiss it just on that alone, or you may actually have to set a trial date, go to court, tell the judge directly that this account's over four years old, they'll dismiss the case. Now, there is no way that you have the ability to, maybe they'll do it, maybe they won't. It's really just, honestly, a luck of the dice. When I come across clients that have let go five or seven accounts and they just recently let them go, I said, look, the reality is probably two of these are going to sue you, maybe three. 
It's just what to expect. Sure. And like I tell everyone, if they're trying to settle debt, you know, squirrel money away and pay it down, we have to put together a plan and figure out we're going to attack, let's say, A, B, then C. Well, if C turns around and decides to sue you, well, they just took over priority spot number one. You know, so it's, it's ultimately it's a game of chess, especially if you don't have access to funds to settle and you're doing a, hey, I'm kind of paycheck to paycheck. This is the best I can do. I've even seen collectors where they're just like, well, here's what we want. And you go, well, I don't have the funds for that. I have this much money. And they go, well, that doesn't work for us. And I would jokingly say, well, okay, then you have nothing. How's that? Because if you file a lawsuit, yeah, you're going to win. You're still not going to get anything. So good luck with that. Well, you know, Wayne, I, we need to wrap it up. I, I, I want to uh, make sure they have your uh, your website. WayneTheCreditGuy.com is where you go for more information on Wayne. Hey, Wayne, thanks for your time today. Great information. Appreciate you, Bob. You take care. This is Bob Brooks. you got a question for me. Please go to the website at PrudentMoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.